It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Savannah with American Outdoor News, and I'm here with Mike Robinson from from the Taste of uh, Taste of the Wild. Uh, hold on, we got a lot of it. Yeah, but afraid what fortunate to get farming the wild, wild game masterclass, fishing the wild, wild fish masterclass. Mike, I looked you up last night, <laughs> and I like to cook. <laughs> I'm way out of my league here. <laughs> no, it's all. You, you want a, a Michelin star restaurant? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, I've, got, I've got one restaurant with a Michelin star. We've had it for 15 years. And then I've got three others that are all up there uh, in different parts of the country. So, but they all share one thing, which they all focus on wild food. So we are, and I don't, I'm not saying venison, I say wild food. So, <clears throat> The big difference between the UK and the US when it comes to deer, deer in particular at game, is that we are allowed to put it in a public creature. Yeah, we have to be at US. Well, you also can't sell wild game legally. You can sell not, non-indigenous wild game. You can't sell white or turkey or whatever. And because, I mean, and I've spent a lot of time with a lot of American friends that film deer a lot. And the North American model of wildlife conservation, the central tenet of it, is that wild game should be sold to the Yeah. Should be retained by the hunter. But we're different. We've only got 40,000 hunters in the whole country. Is that a lot? And 4 million deer. What can we take? I've got to tell you, it's a holy grail of deer, I think. There are, so Britain has no tax, no hunter licenses, no fish and game department. And so it has long deer seasons. It's pretty strict. The rifles are very strict, etc. But once you have the equipment, or you know, you know all the land's right, it's the Varda because we've got to get it done. It's a job. I will get back on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday morning, I will be in the woods at dawn shooting deer because I only have to the end of March to get female deer color. And it has to be done. Yeah. Well, it's a management thing. Yeah, you manage property as well. Yep. I manage seven private, we call them states, state branches. Yeah. 
anywhere between 20,000 acres and 2,000 acres. So, privately owned by landowners. And this was a mistake, so. <laughs> privately owned. And what happens is, for whatever reason, that people, someone who's been managing the deer has given up or retired. They'll come to us and they'll say, look, we'd like you to manage our deer. We'll go in as a professional body and we will do a survey and get an idea for the finding. And our fallow deer will travel 15 miles in a day. That's several private. They don't have any fences, right? So it's just free-ranging, wild as it's out there. So you can only take a guess that was on there. But we'll then look at, we'll also look at the, uh, the in, we'll do an impact study and we'll look at the, the impact on the undergrowth. On the, the biodiversity, and we'll go, okay, well, that's muntjac deer causing that, that's roe deer causing that, that's fallow deer. We'll, we'll then say to them, okay, we'll do this, we'll have be overseen by a full time professional, which we will cover, and then we'll we'll find a group of enthusiastic amateurs from professionals in the area who don't have their own now, we'll give them access. They have, they have to colour a certain amount of it. We'll get someone else. We've got help like And they pay us a little bit of money, which we then give to the land, and the land that gets up to okay. We keep it first. That's the model. And, um, you know, and we're very, very hot on quality of shooting skill. We try to shoot most of our deer in it. Most of it's really to be short, right? Yeah. It's all on foot, very little. A bit, but very little. And then the deer all go through a very, very careful system into public country. Sold to restaurants, my restaurants, through Deer Vox, our company, which sells all the venison all over the country by Venet. You process it? We have full time butchers. We have a 5,000 square foot factory that grosses 100 more we That's wonderful. That's a full time place. Uh, what's a full time job? How do we bring that? Find a restaurant. Well, I don't know. My, how do you do it? Well, my business, I have business partners. My business partner, Van Grupp, is near boxing. Brilliant. I make sure it's in the press. I can keep promoting it. Right, I shoot deal myself. Restaurants, again, I have great chefs and managers of all of them and partners. My main side of it is making sure that the flow of ingredients never stop. Yeah. And then my greatest pleasure, which is making shows for Which you have quite skill. And they seem to do well, so one way to continue. Well, let me ask you this. You're, you're sitting in the field, you have a dealer, dealer in your sights. Before you call that trigger, you have like a recipe rolling around your head saying, oh, this would be good with. Very often, I mean, very often, my producer Joe, cameraman, always says that. As soon as we shot deer, he says, right, like, we can do it. So in, instead of going to the head and looking at what's on the head, in my case, they're mostly females, usually it's just ears. Yeah. Uh, he'll say, and I think this is a really good thing, he'll say, okay, let's talk about what you're going to do for this. So we'll go up here and I'll say, it's a beautiful three year old color doe. She's got really good, now look at the condition again, see how it's done. Estimate the age of the team. And then we'll say, okay, well, I think this one will turn into a slow brain medicine bourguignon, or this, or whatever. Yeah, Wellington. And 
So I was trained as a restaurant chef. Okay. No, I was I learned in restaurant frock. Wow. Getting things thrown at me, shouted at in French. I've learned to speak wrong French. I speak really good kitchen French. I swear really uh, and in French. Very good actually. And um, and, and I learned those classic techniques. And then when I bought my course recently, I applied those techniques for veal of pork and lamb to deer and pigeon and pheasant. You know how I look at things the same way. If I go to Russia and they order it there, I'm like, right, this is what's up. I did to substitute the veal for venison. Absolutely. To use the same recipe. Absolutely. And still comes out beautiful. 100%. So that's how we think about it. And, you know, and every 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 scrap of that day is going to be used. Even the skins get scraped and salted. Every single one, hundred a week, and then they get sent to a tannery in the other side of the country who makes them the leather pieces. Wow. So this this did don't do this. We any trimming scraps really gnarly bits. We run through a commercial grinder with small bones and we package them up and sell them as dog as posh dogs so we call it second rate mints so I bought it and uh, my dog's there and, uh, and those those people from all over the country buy huge amounts of it so nothing's for I know my dog will not faster but I'm a little soft but <laughs> Well, I keep trying stuff. We live on ground, but so I love it. Uh, make a lot of burgers, make a lot of bolognese, sauces, ragus, and chili. Oh, chili, I'm joking. I'm a little bit of a chili By me, I'm joking. By you, I'm a chili. I don't know. No, I'm okay. Listen, let me tell you something. The only difference between a really talented home cook and a professional chef, is it a professional chef personally? Right? And the chef, the professional chef's job is to take a dish that you would cook for you and dissect it, to figure out how to cook every element of that as far down the line as possible. So in service, you just accept it. You cook in a different way. But the skill of cooking is very often greater. And aesthetically. Yeah, it's more good. And we're going to make it Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you're very big into the sustainable. Well, yeah, I mean, look, we're trying to protect. We're fighting a war against excess deer numbers in uh, Now, look at it this way. The Romans came over in about 50 in AD. Yeah. And in about 100 AD, they brought the fallow deer over to Syria. That's where they came from. Right. They've done really well. <laughs> and um, so, and then the Normans brought more of them. We think that now our population of deer is way higher than it has been since recorded in the city. Wow. Thousands of years. Number one number. Yeah, I mean, look, England is the size of North Carolina. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> we think we've got, I think we've got, up to about four million wild deer. There's forty odd thousand deer stalkers with the 
legal capability to add a rifle that we can It doesn't mean they don't have it. It means they legally have. Um, if you were to do that division, then you'd say that, okay, call many right, teachers. Common sense says you need to cull a third every year to stop the population increasing. And it's good. You would fall there. We reckon we're doing about 4,000 every year. We need to kill it for three times every year. That's physically impossible. It is, yeah. So we're going to lose. But what we can do is increase the market that we're going to see, which is a thing. If you want to define the word sustainable, being able to take something without harming the environment or the bat species. Yeah. You do that in space. It's the ultimate sustainable, healthy protein. It is a shame that the American public don't get to the past. Which is, a lot of you can. That's the old. That's small population. 20, 30 million. But interestingly, back in, the, in this November, I went and spoke about this to the. Uh, uh, Congressional caucus in Montana, where they get all the lawmakers together for uh, representatives, Congress, governors who are interested, who are interested in what, uh, and they they kind of look at the and they wanted me to apply ten cents or a bit about how can we do it. For them. I'm not here to say you should do it differently in America, but I can say how good. Yeah, and they and maybe the next is to get We are down the line. The North American model of wildlife management has saved. It's probably the best success story in wildland conservation in history. You've saved the white target, you've saved the clay, you've saved the elk, you've saved the bison because of hunting. What you're getting to in some states now is population here, and thanks to that, are they did pay. They're so great, they're knocking on the door of what we're saying. Yeah. But what do you do? There are states in the south where you can cut uh, a dough a day to tie to that. You do dough to dough if you could check them. Soup kitchens, homeless, right. look at all the uh, military. Yes, we can donate. And that's also, and I think that is probably the first step, is getting public. Um, we're very lucky I can sell every ounce. Yeah, uh, you know, we can't do that here. But it, the shame as a passionate game. If you want to get non-hunters to understand why hunting's good, feed them most. You know, if every hunter fed 10 mil hunters deer and explained what they did and why they did it, you would have, you would have an educated population. We are very lucky in Britain that most people, most dollars, most people extend us at the deer management place. Well, that, that's always been part of your portion. Yeah. But we have always been a bird that's out of deer. It's the last 40 years. It's bird hunting up to now, really is. You know, the, the land has been managed for pheasants and water for 200 years. The deer are better. But that's that's it. So look, it's um, it's just fascinating, and uh, I see a real problem, like a real challenge. I don't want to get to a stage where the government are telling us to shoot them at night 
with thermals. Yeah. Because it's too dangerous. Our country has got so many good beds, so many houses. It's too dangerous. Just go ahead and bed market. That's what we Well, we're not welcome by me anymore. Yeah. Upwards. It's growing. Yep. It's not good for the dead. No. I was just strictly up. Archery only. Not even muzzle like yeah, they have every shotgun season, but a very short shotgun season. Uh, from uh, October and January. All, uh, all the time. So you can, and it's pretty easy to get tags. Yeah. Climb over the counter. Climb over the counter, you shoot a deer, you bring it to the DKP. They shoot a deer. Oh, that's uh, like a system. That's great. So you have like a uh, you have like a place where you can go, turn on the deer, they go, all right, yep. you take the deer away, do something with it, the next day you go and turn it Mostly. I think the first thing is, you've got a lot of time all over the state. I love the ball. It makes a hunting paradise. Oh, I like it. Amazing. I hunted Rhode Island, it's really lovely. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 Let's walk into Something different. <laughs> <clears throat> we were calling on Block Island. Yeah. Um, so I showed a few there. They showed up. I got to shoot. Uh, I had a few tags for my tails on those mainly. On the main road. Yeah. And I got to shoot some with a full block. That's good. It was cool. A beautiful Kibler 1760 reproduction. Long rifle. Fifth caliber. I'll shoot three white tails down. You should just get the CPA. Yeah? They're black powder guns. They're really? Go hold the jaw shot. Copy. That's correct. Who are they? CPA? CPA. I hear it. Yeah, yeah. I'll give them a look. <laughs> and I can believe it. I love it. Black powder is awesome. So, what is your favorite hero? That is player. Oh, oh, honestly, follow dear Wellington. A Wellington is a creation, right? Yeah. If I've got two, Venice and Wellington, which I love. It is a construct. It's a magical thing. You cut into that pastry, you are the round of me. Well, I also like making follow dear Slow, and I take me slow, and I take me up the complex. Oh wow. Right. So you got the shoulder shack, the front shack's here. Yep. Take those. So you know they've got like big single or two. That's what they're up. Color time. Yeah. So you take those front shanks and cut those two or three bits of meat off and save them up and you've got a clean fits up the shoulder blade. And I cook them for eight hours, brown them with baby onions, whole garlic, whole shallots, butter, red wine. Burgundy, tomato, bit of maize, and then rosemary, and then you know, finish deglazing the little bread, the yeah. big rich sauce, velvety, the meat slides apart in your mouth because all the color tip is sort of sticky. <laughs> it's on the show, you can watch it on uh, Wild Game Masterclass Series 1, MOTV. That's it. I uh, appreciate you, Kai. It's been awesome talking to you. Very warm and where can we find each other? What time show? What time? So our shows are on uh, Outdoor Channel, um, uh, Eastern Time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 7 p.m. Monday nights for 40 weeks a year. Either Wild Game, Wild Fish Masterclass, Farming the Wild, Fishing the Wild. 
and then you can also watch them anytime you like on MOTV. Really worth subscribing. All right, thanks again. We'll see you soon. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference.